Hey, welcome to another episode of... Off the Fence. Perfect. Oh, I sounded like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> it's fine. Hey, I just want you to know uh, this episode is brought to you by no, Katie's it. Denim Jacket. Well, this is Ellie's. I bought it for her and then she decided she didn't like it. But I think it's because I like them so much that she's like, no, mom, you're not getting me into that world. It's a slippery slope denim jacket. From now on, every episode should have one of your denim jackets. I have enough. Oh, How many episodes are we doing? babe, you do. <laughs> I oh. like them. It's my person suit. I like denim. Your person suit? Yes. Well, I, I've never heard that phrase in it's my like my. Life. It's like, it's <clears throat> like my um, uniform, only not for a job, just for the kind of person I am. I'm a I'm, denim person. You are a denim person. I'm wearing your favorite sweatshirt I, right now. That sweatshirt makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> the little alien people are adorable. One of them has a heart on him. But it it was recently brought to my attention that it's a little psychedelic. I'm sure it is. And that makes me uncomfortable. It's one of my more subtle sweatshirts. <clears throat> if that's... Making a note. Throw hey, away sweatshirt. So uh, we're going to <laughs> let's talk about control freaks. People who just, not that any one of us would relate to this at all, but. Um, like type A's or what? Well, type A, but also the just like <clears throat> when you feel like you got to. You, you, oops. Did I? Hi. Yeah. Sorry. It's totally Sorry fine. I don't know. <laughs> That when when you just you gotta take control, you gotta be the one. It's gotta be you. No one else can do it. It's you're the one. And and I think all of us have a little bit of this, whether it be just like in our homes or at workplaces. Yeah. Our triggers are just teams. different, probably. Yeah. Like for moms, it's um, I think moms are really famous for just deciding in that moment that the house needs to be clean, and then just takes over and like. Ah! I do that anyway. Maybe not all moms, but me. Where I just decide the house is disgusting and it needs to be clean. Let's do it. So, but then usually if you're doing everything. Yeah. Everything being an overgeneralization, but Right. If if you're right now thinking I yeah, I do everything around the blah blah blah, or I do everything at or whatever yeah. I always got to yeah. do. Uh it's usually an overgeneralization and it also means you're not leading well. Absolutely. So, uh I got to tell a story. <clears throat> I don't know if you're aware, uh, Catherine, but there's a, a place called the University of Kansas. I know. They're known as the Jayhawks. They are. Uh, I follow. A fictional bird. I, hey, uh, fictional bird, but real champions. Which is funny because I forgot that they won hey, the NCAA yeah. basketball tournament last year. I told you everybody's happy in the moment, but nobody remembers. So if they lose, it's okay. You'll forget. So if you don't follow sports, I, this is still relevant to you. Uh, so I, I'm a, is it? I'm, I'm it, it is. I'm a Kansas Jayhawk <laughs> basketball fan. Like I get way too emotional about it and all that kind of stuff. You cried uh, when they won in 08 and when they no, lost in no, 03. When, yeah. What? Yeah. It yeah. broke my heart. So. Uh, and I might have cried this last championship. I mean, there's just so many championships. I don't even remember. There's so, it. Right. There's so many championships Bas that are hard we're to all, keep track We're of. only talking about basketball right now. Right. And here's why because the football program at the University of Kansas, garbage does not describe it. Uh, in historically fact, speaking. Right. Historically speaking. But, but even in recent history, in fact, ESPN always puts out um, 
if you don't know what ESPN is, uh, it is a sports channel. What does it stand for? Um, Entertainment Sports Programming Network. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so they put out a list every year okay. of the 10 worst teams in college football. Oh, that's sad. Every year. Yeah. Is that a subjective? How do they decide? Uh, they have a whole criteria. Kansas, the University of Kansas Jayhawks are on that list. Worst 10. At least for the past three to four years. They've been on that list. This is not me saying, <sighs> I don't look how my team's playing. This is the rest of the world going, your yeah, team stink. is yeah. atrocious. Bummer. My uh, team has not been on that list. Anyways. In fact, they typically even rank those 10 teams on who's the worst of the worst 10, and oh. Kansas has been the worst of the worst. It's, it's, so all that to say, this year, mm-hmm. Kansas is 3-0, and undefeated so far. They just beat what was considered to have been a really, really, really good team. So if you're listening still, pay attention to this. You have one of the worst teams ever to where now they have one of the best records so far this year, and they are getting so much traction and attention, and things are going awesome. What changed? They got a new coach about a year and a half ago. This is only a second season, and he didn't get. He barely got in on the first season. Lance Leipold, Coach Leipold. Used to you be said his of, name right. Good job. Thanks. Um, he came from a university, and he left that university, Buffalo. Buffalo. I've New been York? to Buffalo and had their Or wins. Wyoming. No, like Buffalo, New York. Okay. <laughs> so um, exceptional coach. And his wife uh, told him one day while he was coaching Buffalo, who was a really good team, he's like, you're bored. And he's like, like only a wife can say. Which right, only a wife can say. And and but interesting that you say that to a division one football coach because there's nothing boring really about right, that job. Right. Or I mean, it eats people alive kind of a job. So he was bored. Why was he bored? That's what I want to talk about. Awesome. He was bored because he's such a good leader. Hmm. Uh he's not a control freak. One of his major, like, this is what he's known for, mm-hmm. is he brings out the best in the people that are around him. Okay. His wife even says, they don't even know and realize he's bringing the best out of you. He just does it. He just brings yeah. what, you, what you're capable of, what your potential is. He's known for bringing the best out of others, not for being the most brilliant. Everyone's got to ask him all right. of the questions, right. what do we do? How do we do it? He does everything. He, he calls all the calls. He yeah. calls defense, offense. Yeah. Um, here's one of the examples. So he was being observed because he's new. Um, he was being really observed, especially during the offseason. Like, what do you do with your team? What do you do? Yeah. One of their drills is this, and I, think, I find this fascinating. Every single day during the offseason, and they may even do it during the regular season, uh, one of the assistant or multiple assistant coaches will go give instructions to a to one of the players. Mm-hmm. So that ends up being so you've got a handful, if not more, five to ten players, however it works out, get instructions from assistant coaches. Very specific. They gotta remember these instructions. Mm-hmm. Detail. Oh, stressing me out. Right super now. detailed. Yeah. Then those players have to go communicate those instructions to a group on the team. And they have to do it. It's like a game of telephone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They do this, and if they mess up, 
if they don't get the instructions right or they have to run, do all this, uh, add to the basically workout, and it's it's physically miserable for them. They do this every single day. It is like a drill. You don't do all the drills every day the same. This drill's done every day. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing is he's teaching the assistant coaches to lead because mm-hmm. it's daily. He's teaching some of the key players on the team to lead. So when they're in a game, they don't have to be like, well, what's coach say that we have to do? What mm-hmm. do we do? We're not being told what to do. Mm-hmm. The players can look at each other and say, here's what we're going to do. Someone takes charge. They're so used to it. It's so normal that they lead because they have been given authority mm-hmm. and, the, and taught how to live this out that, sure, Lance Leipold right now is the talk. Every school who wants a coach now wants him. Um, and so there's all this like, oh, Lance is amazing. Lance is amazing. What Lance knows, and he's even told in interviews is, no, I actually delegate the authority. I train the authority. And so I get the best out of everyone around me. Well, and what I love, though, about um, what you just shared, which would be, I think, easy to miss, but I've heard this story before, and so I'm I'm coming back around to it. There's a shared responsibility, too, though, because if that assistant coach commun- communicates it wrong then the players run. The assistant coaches don't run. But there's this shared weight and responsibility too, which I love because it's not just delegating authority. It's delegating responsibility and, and ownership too because those assistant coaches don't want to – they want they don't want to see the guys mess up either. So that that weight, it's it's not just a, hey, go tell them you know, this. It's it's a hefty thing that he's delegating. It's not just right. – you know. Oh, they're getting legit roles. Yeah, they're that's getting, a big deal. Yeah, uh, and so, and so, what will happen is like, this is inevitable. Um, coach Leipold's going to get job offers already. Is. Sure. Th- then eventually they're going to go after the assistant coaches. Sure. Because well, they're like, all right, they've so been trained. If in this that, guy's yeah. handing off authority like mm-hmm. this, um, then 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 we need these assistant coaches, and then those players are going to get easily drafted mm-hmm. because they know how to lead. And when in the NFL especially, mm-hmm. it's there's a ton of people with a ton of skill. There's not a ton of leaders. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. measuring the, their character, their ability yes. to yes. communicate with, and be a teammate. So link all that, because I think this is this is what we've got to think about like in our families, at our workplaces, even in our friendships, mm-hmm. right? Where sometimes a friend will dominate the whole group. Yeah. And no one can do anything without that friend. Let me take it all the way to Nehemiah. Okay. Nehemiah chapter two. Love Nehemiah. Uh, if you've not studied the book of Nehemiah, it's in the Old Testament, and uh, the, I'll summarize it. This doesn't do it justice, but it's the Israel had been conquered, and so the walls around the city, the, the only way to protect itself, have been destroyed. Mm-hmm. So in that era, I'd say now borders are important still, but but you back then those walls. You couldn't have a town mm-hmm. <laughs> without the walls. The walls were first. Yeah. You 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 built the wall. You secured everything, and then and then you developed the mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm. You didn't like make everything beautiful and say, "Well, maybe we should put a wall, mm-hmm. a nice little fence up." And yeah, you know, a nice little fence, a <laughs> <little> fence. <laughs> I didn't even notice any different because uh, <laughs> that's how you talk all the. That's, that's your real voice. I'm just kidding. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, so Nehemiah. And you really should read this. Anyone who hasn't read this, uh, starts you know getting the process of rebuilding mm-hmm. this wall. Nehemiah chapter two verse seventeen. And he's not a builder, by the way. No, he's not. He's a he was he was a, a cupbearer uh, to the uh, king. Yeah, yeah. So he basically he tested 
he tested some of the, the wine and the food to make sure it wasn't poisoned. That's that's and and can we just say that's not a hard job? <laughs> um. Well, no, but it's a risky job. Sure, it's a risky job, and and likely the reason he was given it was because he would have been considered um, an exile, like from. Sure. For, so they're like, yeah, you taste the king's food. Make sure <laughs> see if you die. So Nehemiah chapter two verse seventeen. Then I said to them. You see the trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins. I just described that. And its gates have been burned with fire. Mm -hmm. And here's what he says. This is profound. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. and we will no longer be in disgrace. Mm -hmm. And it has been, that's a mantra that I want as a leader, as a dad, Mm -hmm. as a husband, let us rebuild. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, this isn't about, well, I'm lazy. I don't want to pick anything up. Mm-hmm. I, no. mm-hmm. There is something that so many people miss, the beauty and joy and peace and excitement of involving other people in the work, training and teaching and and involving, mm-hmm. including, that is so wonderful and fun. Mm-hmm. Come let us Rebuild. He didn't say, hey, I want to rebuild this wall, so I need you people to do this. Or none of you will do it as well as me, so I'm going to do it by myself. Let us, and none of them really knew exactly how to do this stuff. Well, and further down, it talks through, it's listing like farmers and um, carpenters, like there are people that aren't actually- There's even a perfume guy. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're listing all of the different (laughs) trades that people had, but building their each- each group got a section of yep. the wall that they built. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I assure you, the dude that um, was making and selling perfume, he he hadn't laid a brick. Right. <laughs> I bet he smelled nice, though. He probably did. I bet everyone was like, ooh, I like working around him. <laughs> so if you're... Here, maybe sure. You're not leading well if it all has to be done by you. Yeah. And so let's go... If you are the one who has to clean the whole house, mm-hmm. it's only gonna be done by you. Yep, it's only done right by you. You're not you're not parenting well, or you're right, not room, right. roommating well. Mm-hmm. You're not friending well uh, at work. If you're literally the only one, and you and you could be including people, but you're choosing not to because you don't like the quality of blah blah blah, then that is your leadership deficit. That mm-hmm. is not their problem. That is. Your problem. Mm-hmm. Leadership is, and this is classic statement, is is influence. Yeah. But when we get tired or frustrated, we change that and we make leadership uh, it becomes control. Hmm. To where I want to control the environment. I'm I'm the one who pulls the levers, pushes the buttons. But sometimes it comes from a legitimate place, though, because sometimes maybe nobody is helping or n- nobody is doing it with excellence, but. So those lead to that place, but as a leader, determining that that won't make you do what is not best. Yeah, it's a classic error by leaders who think that if they just model it, yeah. then people will follow it. <laughs> oh boy, nope. parenting has just slammed right. that out of me. Right. It, <laughs> simply modeling something, you yeah. can have, and so many leaders think in their head going, I'm just going to model this. I'm lost. And they're going to yeah. watch this and they're going to be like, oh my goodness, they're doing it so well. How do you do that? And yeah. that's not how that works. Teach me. Yeah. You, modeling is a part, but yeah. it is a horrible way 
to begin stuff. In fact, I would say you gather people, mm-hmm. then you model. Yes. Those people need to know that they are watching watching a modeling mm-hmm. of what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. It's a classic like we could I could go clean the bathroom and hope the kids observed dad cleaning the bathroom and wow, we watched him scrub that shower. <laughs> Wow, now I know exactly to do it. I'm going to do it myself next mm-hmm. time. No, 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 no. Now, if I go gather our kids up, we go to the shower and I say, here's how you clean the shower. And I show them how to clean the shower. And then I say, all right, you've got week one, you've got week two, you've got week three, mm-hmm. you've got week four. And then and when you do your week, I'm going to stand right by you and I'm going to help you even as you're doing your first week, scrub the shower mm-hmm which I got to do this. By the way, you might think, oh, this is what David does. No, I don't do this. I I did that with them. And like I even scrubbed the toilet and I was like, all right, so your turn next time. And so what we typically though do in life is we think that people are just watching. Yeah. So they will follow the model and then we get so frustrated that they don't. And then we move into control. And so I would say some delegation is straight up laziness. We, we've all worked for people. That delegate, or we've been those people. For or sure. I yeah. mean, it's a classic Cinderella story, where Cinderella had to do all she the hard had to work, do everything, and but had her little mice friends, right? But it was delegation out of laziness and right. other things, and yeah, other things. Yes, can we just talk about Cinderella now? I'm just kidding. Yes, it's a really good story. So uh, let's leave. Let's leave Nehemiah and and I think Moses can help us go like, so what do we do? Yeah. Like, or, yeah. or maybe maybe better yet. Not what do we do, but what's what's the real problem? Uh, if you go to Exodus, uh, near the beginning of your Bible, um, Exodus is the whole um, telling of the story of uh, the Israel like leaving slavery mm-hmm. and figuring life out. And so they're led by a guy named Moses, who was a hard worker, mm-hmm. was a really hard worker. Um, he... Uh, he was super responsible from what we read. Like he was, he seemed to consistently be aware of what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And he often would just do it. Some, in fact, there's an example in scripture where he, he asks God to get involved and God's like, no, I, I don't want to do that. And so then Moses still does it. It's, but so he was so responsible that, so, that some theologians have said he stopped being responsive mm-hmm. to God. So responsible doing what needed to be done that he lost his in, his touch with God going, yeah, but God, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Who do you want me to I'll just do it myself. Yep. Yep. And so uh, he was asked, uh, hey, <clears throat> uh, why do you do everything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a good question. And his response was, because the people come to me. Mm-hmm. And, is, and I think in his head going, well, because there's a need. This needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about this at work. Why do you do what you do? Well, because if I don't, it won't get done. And you might be very much right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Exodus 18 says this. uh, When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? What a good father-in-law question, asking a question. Not going, hey, idiot, you're burning out. Why Why do you alone sit as judge? Well, all these people stand around you from morning till evening. Moses answered, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Because they're coming. Yeah. Because there's a need, so I'm just meeting the need. <sighs> Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. 
So here's some leadership lessons. I think this is important. Off the fence, like if you're a control freak and you really have a hard time, maybe the hard time is you're just frustrated with people because they don't seem to be seeing what you're doing and doing what you're doing. And maybe your family is has entered maybe a, a dysfunctional phase of only one person does the majority of everything, cooks, cleans, tidies up, mows. What are the other rules? I mean, laundry. I mean, like you got one person doing it all. Uh, what what what's the problem? What we learn from Moses that we can learn from, like learn about ourselves. He had a fear of man, a, a fear of people. Uh, literally, what controlled him was they're showing up, so they need it. And if I don't need it, if I don't meet it, what what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, uh, what people pleasing is the mm. maybe the common language. Um, what I've learned as a pastor, I can tell you that. Good question. I'm glad you asked that. Uh, when we fear man, when we fear people, we put up the vision, we put up what God has asked us to do, we put it up for negotiation mm. when we're afraid of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's scary. Mm-hmm. If, if you are people-pleasing, you have allowed what God has put into your life, what God wants you to do, has now is getting influenced by other people. It's not. No, it's no longer between you and God. It's dangerous. Um, fear of people. I think it's always present. By the way, I think you always have to wrestle this. I still. I wrestle this. Mm-hmm. I'll sit in a conversation where someone might be upset or get an email, and I have to navigate really quickly. My response is it based on what God wants or what just what these people want, or even what it's making you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Even as a parent. Absolutely. If I'm going to bring this up. They might push back. They might go after me. And I, I, so it's silly to say, I don't care how long of a leader you've been. Anyone says that I'm not afraid of people's responses, uh, they're, they're either lying or they've lost heart. Their heart is hard because mm-hmm. they no longer care about people. If you care about people, yeah. you care about their response. Yeah. And so you should have a bit of a reservation, a bit of a, oh, I don't, this confrontation or me leading here, mm-hmm. um, they may not respond well, and that's going to bother me. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing, but don't let it stop you. Mm-hmm. Um, Moses seemed to be focused on his, on himself. That's like a, num- a number two point here. If, mm-hmm. you're, if you're consistently in a room with people who are dependent upon you, you're not raising people up. Yep. Which means you've got the focus on yourself. And most people are like, well, I don't want the focus on myself. No, 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 I'm not arrogant. And, and you're not. So don't lead that way. Mm-hmm. When it goes back, though, to the coach and the KU team where um, it could easily be a situation or a scenario where he's like, hey, guys, sit back. I've done this before. Just watch me. So then they are constantly going, coach, coach, hello. What do you they're so dependent on him. And that's that would be if he was focused on himself and he's not. But that just transferring that from Moses to. And I, Mo, I'm sure there were just so many other things because they had just come out of slavery and Moses felt probably the responsibility of taking care for care of them. And yeah. it was such a heavy weight that instead of though trying to um, empower others to help carry that burden, he felt like it was all his. And I think we do that a lot too with parenting or um, with ministry or, or just at work where we do feel like, well, what if I give it away though? And it isn't done well. Yeah. And, but the responsibility lies with me so much of that. Um, it's it it probably goes into the fear of of man, so we just end up doing that. But then we get burnt out, and we can't lead the way that we were supposed to lead that God had intended us to. One of the most fun parts of leading people that I've experienced uh, has been collaboration. 
to stop yeah. and collaborate and stop, listen. Stop, collaborate, and listen. Ice yeah. is back with a brand new no. edition. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, a short story. I'll tell a quick story. Um, so, when I became a pastor, um, you know, part of my role is to write sermons. Mm-hmm. And so, I didn't want to like just come up with that every single week because it was too stressful. So, we went on vacation and I stayed behind. The whole family flew back. Mm-hmm. I stayed behind, stayed in a hotel, and I was like by myself going to come up with, all right, here's what <laughs> our church is going to focus on. Mm-hmm. All for the next 12 months by myself, it was torture. Mm-hmm. So then I tried a new model. Like, what if I gather a group of people? Mm-hmm. And I still had a similar approach where I said, hey, here's what the Lord's laid on my heart. Here's in my, in my time of prayer and just mm-hmm. learning from God. Here's a bunch of stuff. What what? What thoughts, what does that spark in your guys? What does the Holy Spirit tell you? Yeah. And I learned that in a group format, it began to be a whole lot more fun. And we yeah. were able to get to where we needed to go a lot faster and better. And it was just exciting and fulfilling. And you weren't carrying it all alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also was training other people how to do it. But that's hard too, though, because oh, yeah. it it may not look like the way you had hoped it would. I think a lot about, this is going to sound so goofy, but... um Hayden, who's now in college, he's 19 now, but laundry is a thing that we empower our children to do on their own Mm -hmm. at at a fairly early age. And he would sometimes wash and dry towels for us in the process of him doing his own laundry. And he folds them different. Not not better or worse, just different. And that was something that I had to navigate because my (laughs) I have a certain way of folding towels that I think is great. It fits into the you know, cabinets a little better. I had to relinquish even the way that it looked because the job was getting done and it was getting done with excellence. It was just different than my my preference for it. That's another part though, too, I think of for sure relinquishing control is it's going to look different. It's still going to be done well um, and with care. But, and that's, that I think in our humanness is really easy. I think of Ellie learning to drive right now. And um, she's doing it well, but different than I do. And all of those things, I have to check myself and go, am I wanting what I want or am I wanting something to get done well? So this is the third one. So there's the yeah. fear of man. He was a, When we're afraid of people, we get controlling. Yeah. When, when we want the focus on ourselves or we don't even want it, we, when we put the focus on ourselves mm-hmm. and we don't collaborate mm-hmm. at all, uh, we get very controlling. But when we forget our calling, mm. Moses forgot his yeah. calling. That yeah. Maybe better language... Right now, when we forget why we're here and what we're called to do and what we're supposed to be about doing, we get very controlling and we and and we just start like grabbing, yeah. And we're and we're just doing. And one thing that his father-in-law helped him see was like basic Moses. They need to think like you think. Yes. And so when Hayden is folding towels, he has no idea that when you fold towels, what you're thinking is. This is how they best go onto the shelf because you know right. the shelves that they're all going to go onto. Right. He's just like, I'm folding it so it's orderly. He knows it enough to know, well, in a ball, it's not great. <laughs> right. So let's fold them and right. it's easy to transport. He's not thinking, well, I'm going to take these up to my bathroom mm-hmm. and I'm going to put them mm-hmm. underneath and in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know how mom thinks, they're going to be too big to fit into the door because yep. I just folded them a little bit. And this is so big. Yeah. Um, I don't want Ellie to drive just like me or drive right. just like you. Right. But I want her to think the way that we yep. think while we're driving. The best thing is right now, if you're a control freak, you're robbing people of the ability to know how to think. Mm. 
They, they, and, yeah. and they need, we need trained. We all have been trained on how to think. Yeah. And so as a, as a leader, I mean, we have um, uh, uh, quite a few staff. We have, we have uh, core teams as of, I want them, I, and I'm, this is not arrogant, I want them thinking like I think. I want them to know, because wow, I think about how I value people and the kind of church that we need to be and, and ought to be. It's not about um, what color should this be or, mm-hmm. or um, what do you think about this design or, but no, no, I, I want you to know that anyone and everyone matters. Hmm. I want you to know that we, we should be generous even when it costs us a lot, like, mm-hmm. like be, be, be very generous, uh, that, that lost people are people that we care about, whether we're related to them or friends with them. Like, I want you yes. to think like we think. Mm-hmm. And Moses forgot that. Yeah. Moses wasn't yeah. thinking. He was sitting on the judge seat like, hey, I'm doing this. But no one is learning, mm-hmm. and we don't live forever. Right, right. And I think that's one of the things that you pass on to your kids is you teach them how to think. Mm-hmm. You give them values. They, your, the heart behind Your kids yeah. will copy your values. They will not copy behavior. Yeah. They will change behaviors and methods. I do things, we do things differently than our parents mm-hmm. did them. But we have very, very matching values. Yes. Of we we know for sure what they think is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is crucial in, in leadership. I do think too though, one of the one of the things that if you find yourself being consistently frustrated with other people because of what they're not doing, uh an a self audit would that yeah. that is not your indication that people are just terrible. I think that is that is a an alarm sounding and an opportunity to say what likes to stop and and do an audit of what what you're doing and how you're living yeah. because when when we are living like that, where Moses is just sitting in the chair going, well, nobody's nobody's helping me. I got to do it all by myself. He's perpetuating all of that. It just becomes a cycle. Yep. And instead saying, one, assuming the best, which I know really every podcast and every conversation could boil down to, assume the best about people. For sure. Don't jump to conclusions. And for this, I think if, if that's you, though, if you're constantly just being frustrated and feeling like you have to take control, I think one of the things is to really figure out what are areas that you could probably let go of um, and ha- start handing over the simple things even in family or if you're a boss or whatever scenarios, whatever you're in, I think empowering other people, you're right, that collaboration lifts everybody and it makes what's happening in the mission specifically for our church or for our family, it 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 ensures that it will sustain and carry and continue to grow and be important beyond all of us it gives it it gives it legs to move and outlast all of us definitely and that's that's the goal but i would say if somebody's like that's me people just are terrible and whatever um time like sit down and do an audit of do an audit of yourself and then when you're willing to do some work don't start with here's what i do right no and i I mean this no you're right if let's say right now you're a parent and you're like i'd like my kids to to wash the towels and dry them and and fold them. Yeah. So do this. Don't start at the washer and dryer. Yeah. Go to the shelf in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and say, hey, isn't it nice when you get out of the bath or the shower and there's a towel right there that you can grab? It's clean. It smells good. Like that's awesome, right? So we want them to be able to fit on that shelf right there. Mm -hmm. So anyone who, so we can have it right there. 
all right, this is why yeah. we wash these so they'll smell good and they'll feel good. Mm-hmm. And this is why we fold them so they'll fit right here. Yes. Cool. Now let's go learn how to do this. Yeah. And that's why Coach Leipold, why does he hand off delegation? Because in football, you could have a guy literally 50 yards away from you that has to make a decision Mm -hmm. and there's no way to scream that with fans going nuts Mm -hmm. they need to know how to lead where they're at yeah how to think if you want your kids or your co-workers your employees your friends your family your roommates if you want them to thrive you can't always be telling them what to do so they need to know why we do what we do Mm -hmm. 100 well there you go Go, go do some laundry. Nehemiah and Moses today and Jethro. There you go. Hey, um, thanks for listening to this episode of Off the Fence. Hopefully it lets you know that uh, it's time to release a little bit. Let go. Let it go. Oh, I didn't know. Let it go. Doing. I don't know the rest of the lyrics. No. Hey, we love you very much. Until next time. Peace out. Bye, friends.